Time for Over the Garden Fence, brought to you by Woodhills Nursery Floral Garden and Bird Center at the corner of 12th Street and Millam Road. And here he is, your host in this 65th year of Over the Garden Fence. That's a long time to be hanging around a fence. <laughs> Mr. Andy Woodell, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. It is a beautiful morning. It is gorgeous outside, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Good forecast for the weekend, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with this. I don't even think I've seen an 80 in there. No. 79, 72, 76. Yeah, I'm so, good. I'm good with that. Yeah. I uh, I uh, I have to uh, play music at an outdoor party today. Oh. I'm all for this kind of weather mm-hmm. <clears throat> because it's not real hot and it's going to be nice. And parties go nicer too when it's not yeah. scorching out. So. Yes, they do. Can I give uh, a two second plug to something that's not gardening? Sure. Um, you just mentioned the growlers. Last night, and yes, they lost to Kokomo. I think it's the Kokomo Jackrabbits. Jackrabbits. Yep. And um, but we took our Waddell's team instead of a company picnic. We did the Growlers game last night. Oh, very nice. And so, uh, uh, what a nice um, stadium. And uh, yes, they lost, but it was a quite a a nice hometown feel. And uh, I'll tell you what, Jim, the fireworks were amazing. Uh, afterwards, uh, it was a small little show, and they put on a big bang, so it was really nice. So maybe sometimes support your local for sure. Yeah, Kokomo is the first place team in the uh, Great Lakes East Division, so oh, it could be a little tough, but you know we, we had um, <clears throat> some room that we needed to grow. It was a um, it was a growing year, it looked like. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think I think so. Yes, but it was neat. Some of our Waddell's employees knew some of the people down on the field. You know, so oh. some of that is, you know, there's some local boys out there, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So, um, good morning, everybody. And let's say that if you have some questions, some comments, maybe a text or two on uh, any concerns or maybe on your harvest or maybe on your favorite plant this week, give us a call at 382-4280. Or if you'd like to text us at what, Jim? Eight zero three seven three. Thank you. So, as I gathered my notes uh, uh, for the show on Wednesday night, a cool breeze made the evening after that little rain so enjoyable to the night before. Because closing the gates at our store for the evening before, one of our employees, Gary, commented that he had just looked up and it was a hundred and two degree Oof. heat index. Um, what a blessing God gave us. So really with uh, going from 102 to um, in the low 70s today, really, really nice. As I was gathering my notes, I actually was uh, <clears throat> watching a deer about 25 feet away from me, Jim, munching on the farmer's corn, the little buggers. Um, so we will actually talk about deer in a little while, including corn too. But uh, deer can be such a nuisance for some, and others feel really bad for them and end up feeding them. What is a gardener and a homeowner supposed to do? Don't so, feed them. Don't feed them. Don't feed them. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll talk about that more in a while. So I just want to ask, hmm, how was your week? Hot? Muggy? Yeah. Could actually cut the air sometimes during the week? I just wanted to say thank you to all our nursery, water gardening, annual and perennial, and landscape staff for being outside in the heat all week. And that wasn't just walking around. They're actually working, um, putting in jobs, um, placing trees, uh, doing boulder work, um, a lot of hard work outside. So thank you, team. Now, that doesn't uh, that goes for also 
all the farmers, builders, construction trade, everybody outside. So stay hydrated. <clears throat> know your limits. Some people, Jim, didn't know their limits this week. And uh, one gentleman who was on the crew, it was the week before, um, we had um, thought he was okay, and a few minutes later turned, his, turned our head, and he was down on the ground. It happens that fast. So make sure maybe you um, need to cover your head with a hat um, to give yourself a little bit of shade. <gasps> you need some shade? Jim, I know where you can get some shade. Um, we actually miss our at our house the huge Norway maple we lost in an ice storm a few years ago in the backyard. And yes, it's on the east side of the house. So True, we get the nice morning sun now, but the house heats up a lot faster. Is there a tree in need? Hmm, I know where to get one. So come see our tree experts at Waddell's. We actually have brand new varieties of trees that are coming in, including maybe compact varieties, maybe columnar varieties. Sometimes, Jim, the houses are going together closer and closer and closer. They're trying to get a high density. And so some of those homes are <clears throat> maybe 50 feet apart. Um, last thing you need to do is have your neighbor watching as you're uh, um, on the grill cooking, you know, hey buddy, what's, uh, what's for dinner tonight? You know, so um, we actually have a new Swedish columnar aspen that Jim grows. It says possibly the most hardiest tree in one of them in the world. Really? It will grow in zone two, which could be in Russia, and it will grow in zone 11, which is Florida. So really neat in the, uh, right in the middle where zone five and uh, some five B and six A. So maybe something like that you should take a look at. Do you not need the humongous size of some of the trees? So again, come see our experts. There's compact varieties you maybe need to talk to the team at Waddell's. So in our discussion this week with some clients was, um, well, it kind of went like this. I've grown a garden. It's doing good. I see the vegetables and I see the fruit. Now, what do I do? So a lot of times people do not know what to do at harvest time. Now, uh, Dr. George Wilson in New York on uh, uh, State University addressed the subject of harvesting and handling vegetables. He said, once you harvest a vegetable, it's at its highest point of quality. What you do with it afterwards only slows its continued deterioration. The number one consideration is to harvest crops at the highest ultimate eating quality. In marketplaces where shipping and shelf life considerations come into play, vegetables may be picked way before the peak of eating quality, maximum flavor and nutrition. That's where growing your own or roadside markets have a distinct advantage in harvesting vegetables nearer to their peak quality. The other night we picked the tomatoes and ate the tomatoes all within the hour, so they were nice and fresh. Most vegetables attain their best eating quality when allowed to ripen on the plant, but often this peak quality is reached before the vegetables are fully mature. Hmm, things like cucumber, squash, sweet corn, peas and beans. Last thing you want to do is have a humongous bean. That's where the, the seed gem is all kind of, they get kind of old. You know, you want those nice little fresh ones. 
As a result, sometimes a new grow, new grower or a new gardener may fall into the bigger is better mindset and allows the crops to stay on the plant way too long. Almost all vegetables are best when harvested early in the morning. Overnight vegetables um, retain moisture when they lost, uh, they lost during the day, and starches formed during the day may be converted into sugars during that evening. These traits make morning harvest produce, uh, produce crisper, juicier, and sweeter. Now, if you cannot harvest in the morning, and yes, we are all busy in the mornings, maybe there's a day or two that you can, make sure that you, uh, your produce should be kept out of direct sunlight and cooled as soon as possible to slow deterioration. Yes, when it's hot out, and yes, that's when the uh, vegetables start being able to be harvested. Um, remember to be gentle if the vegetables are not easily removed when trying to twist off or pull off. Instead, use a knife or hand pruners. I always joked years ago, Jim, my dad could tell <clears throat> which plant I yanked the beans out of. Because <laughs> the bean wouldn't come off and the plant would come right out of the ground. Oh, yeah. So then Terry and me would hurry up and dig a hole and you try to plant it back in. And by nightfall, he could see from a distance that plant's all wilted. It's like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> sorry, Dad. Um, so maybe the goal sometimes is frequent picking. Um, sometimes that's essential in prolonging the harvest. The plant's goal is to re reproduce. So therefore, if the fruit fully matures on the plant, there's no reason for it to continue flowering, which means fruit production will stop. So here's just a few. We can go through a few and then uh, take a quick break. But I'll tell you, there is um, uh, some of the things are starting to come into harvest and people really don't know. So things like cantaloupe or muskmelon. If you gently pull and the fruit separates easily from the stem, it's fully ripe. And its best eating quality um, is right at that moment. Sometimes when you pull and it won't come off, just let it be. Sweet corn, you're thinking, well, sweet corn should be an easy one. But harvest when the husks are still green and the silks are dry and brown. Kernels should be plump right up to the tips. Pick in the early morning and cool the ears immediately. You can actually store corn at 32 degrees as, as close as possible to a moist environment. Now, cucumbers, <clears throat> the really big ones, that's what we're talking about, about making sure you don't necessarily harvest at maturity. Cucumbers, you don't want a foot long or a 15-inch long cucumber. Begin harvesting when fruit is only about two to four inches long, but therefore they're fresh um, and their flesh becomes very soft and uh, tasty compared to when it gets older, the flesh becomes bitter, the seeds begin to harden, and the skins begin to turn yellow. Well, that's kind of a difference when, when um, cucumbers, and I <clears throat> have picked many of them over the years. Pick as frequently as necessary to avoid oversized fruit and encourage production. Harvest by cutting the stems, again, like I said, with a sharp knife or pruners. We have a pretty good supply of onions this year. Do you? Um, I'm trying, Jim, my best to start liking onions. What kind of onions? Do I don't know. The, they're the ones that you don't eat. 
<laughs> well, now that's that's a case in point here, Andy, because some of us are 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 sensitive to certain onions, but not others. And there's such a wide variety. It's the white. It's the sweet it's, onion it's, that we've Oh, okay. They like the Vidalia yeah, onion. Yeah, oh. yeah. And a lot of times I'll stay at a restaurant, no onion, please. I'm allergic to it. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But <laughs> some of us don't. Yeah, some of us are, though. Yep. So on uh, harvesting, when about three-fourths of the top have fallen over, remove tops by cutting one to one-half inches above the top of the bulb. Thoroughly air dry in a shaded area before storage. Store dry bulbs in a shallow boxes or mesh bags in a cool, well-ventilated area. Um, ideal conditions are 45 to 55. Um, and no, not everybody has that, but maybe going down some of the, your stairway down to the basement or something like that. So maybe when we come back, we can take a break because peppers, mm. squash, pumpkins, those are all things. Winter squash is starting to come on, and those are things of when and how do I harvest. All right. Well, again, 382-4280-877-382-4280. Or if you want to text us, 80373. And remember, the key is getting in early to uh, talk to Andy. So we'll be right back with Over the Garden Fence here on 590-1069 FM, WKZO. Looking for a way to transform your landscape from dull to delightful? Look no further than Weddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center. Is it time to replace your old timber retaining wall? Consider installing Block from Weddell's. Not only will it be a beautiful addition to your yard, it will increase your home's value. The experts at Weddell's will help you design your outdoor landscape. Create an eye-catching walkway, patio, tree surround, retaining wall, or grill surround with easy-to-use landscape blocks from Woodells. This week, many natural stone choices are on sale. Get 15% off your choice of seven varieties of flagstone or take 20% off wall block. Flagstone is a great choice for a border or accent in your garden. Not sure what will look best in your yard? The helpful and knowledgeable staff at Woodells will help you find the right blocks, natural steps, outcroppings, flagstone, and cobbles that are right for you. Woodells Nursery Florist and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Streets, call 345-1195 for curbside pickup or shop anytime at Woodells.com. WKZO News Time is 922, back with Over the Garden Fence with Andy Wigel, and we're talking good stuff and when to harvest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so you were talking about winter squash, pumpkins. Peppers. Uh, peppers. You bet. You bet. Is that all peppers, green peppers, jalapeno, whatever you're growing? It is, and actually on jalapenos, because I'm a fan of that and not necessarily the green peppers, you know when they get really large... They actually become very coarse. So, you know, sometimes those younger peppers on the jalapenos are important. Where green peppers, you want them to almost mature because the sweetness comes out. So uh, harvest sweet peppers when they reach full size. The fruit walls are firm and the peppers are still in the green or yellow state for allow them to ripen further for red or orange peppers. When harvesting, cut the stems instead of pulling to avoid breaking the branches like we said before. Bell peppers can be left on the plant to turn color. However, they should be picked as soon as they change to that desired color. Because I see them sometimes, Jim, okay. all of a sudden they turn color, and a couple days later there's a big black spot on the yeah. bottom, you know, like, turn it all. So um, I, I learned on lettuce, because lettuce, you have a certain point where that young um, leaves are nice and fresh. Mm-hmm. When they start getting to a point where they're quite mature, they almost become bitter. That's so, not good. No, no. So spinach. Harvest greens, 
tender leaves that are three to six inches long by picking or cutting the individual leaves. Start by picking the outer leaves and harvest to the newer leaves as they reach the desired size. Whole plants can also be cut and harvested by just cutting above the crown or the growing point. Just a way that sometimes, same with the lettuce, Danielle was cutting the whole thing off, taking what she needed to, and um, we were debating, Jim, one of our raised beds you can actually clean out and maybe even do a little fall planting because there's a lot of beans, peas, and radishes, all stuff like that that would still come up. Now, um, summer squash, which you like zucchini, Jim? I love it. Yeah, so um, I love summer squash. A lot of times that's what comes on your um, vegetable medley at a restaurant right now, that and broccoli. So uh, optimum quality, harvest fruits when they're tender and still have a shiny or glossy appearance. When conditions are favorable, harvest the crop daily or every other day. Harvest crook neck or straight neck varieties when the fruit is 1.5 to 2 inches in diameter. Harvest zucchini when they're seven to eight inches long. And yes, you can have zucchini that are two feet long. Yeah, I've seen those. <laughs> but then they start getting a little mealy inside and the, the seed again gets bigger. Squash can actually be harvested at smaller sizes for sure for extra tenderness. So one of my favorite next coming up is winter squash. Harvest when they have very hard skins and not can, cannot be punctured with your thumbnail. And the fresh, bright, juvenile surface, uh, the little sheen on the plant, uh, on the fruit, has changed to a dull, dry appearance, especially like acorn squash. Very easy. Harvest only solid, mature um, pumpkins with a deep orange color. Harvest acorn squash when the spots contacting the soil have turned from a pale yellow to an orange. Again, cut the fruits off from the vine with a pruner's but leave a generous stem. Do not injure the rind or break off the stem as decay fungi can attack immediately on the wounds. Do not harvest or handle wet fruit and allow the fruit to get wet. So maybe setting it out on the picnic table just to dry it out. One of my last ones is, um, you watermelon fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And somebody's, I, I've seen people, Jim, go up and, like, knock on the watermelon. Yeah, thump on the watermelon, yeah. <laughs> so, and true, what you're trying to do is find, is it hollow? Is it is it full? Is it, There's nice uh, meat inside. So uh, the vine tendril, or that little curly, looks like a little pig's tail, closest to the fruit dies and turns brown when ready to harvest. Gives you a good idea. The underside of the fruit will turn from a white to a creamy yellow. And finally, the skin loses its gloss and again becomes dull, just like that winter squash. So there's a couple of items. Um, I, okay. I, one I didn't uh, mention was potatoes. Somebody mentioned that. When do I start digging my potatoes up? And actually, my plants were doing really good. What, how do I know? Well, if your plants are doing good, they're not ready. Because okay. really, when that potato has matured, the plant starts withering, and the energy is going back into that uh, root or the potato itself. Dig, get a garden spade, lift one hill up. You can always tell, and you're not going to waste. If they're a little small, Jim, great. I love those small little mm -hmm. taters. Yeah. <laughs> they're good. They are. They are. And then maybe wait a week, you know, or wait wait a couple weeks when they start withering down. Okay. Make sure on your harvest too. Don't be watering your harvest with overhead irrigation. Drip irrigation in the last couple of weeks, harvests need moisture. Your potato, your corn, your 
your tomatoes, they'll all do better with good ample amounts and even moisture as you're uh, be beginning to harvest. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break here, and we'll be back with more some helpful tips. And again, 382-4280, or if you're a little radio shy, you can always text us at 80373. And we do have a text question uh, coming up after the break on 591069 FM WKZO. There's a type of abuse going on you may not be aware of. This abuse may be happening in your neighbor's house or worse yet, your own. It's plant abuse. Be proactive and stop plant abuse in its tracks by getting the advice and products they need from Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center. Plants feel loved when you give them a summer feeding. Your annual flowers in pots and perennials in garden beds will need Fertilome Premium Bedding Plant Food, which will last about 30 days during the growing season. House plants could use a feeding of easy-to-use Schultz Plant Food Plus. Just seven drops makes a whole quart of quality house plant food. Even your grass would appreciate some TLC. Fertilome Lawn Food Plus Iron is the perfect meal for summer-stressed lawns. How else can you prevent plant abuse? Watch them carefully for evidence of insects or disease. If you have questions, you could always bring in some leaves or soil from an affected plant or area to get expert advice from the plant doctors at Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Streets. You can shop anytime at Waddell's.com. WKZO News Time, 929 on this gorgeous Saturday morning, 66 right now. One of my favorite people in the studio, Andy Waddell. <laughs> I learned so much from you, dude. I'm telling you. Your garden should be gorgeous. I don't have a garden. <laughs> but we do have flowers, and yeah. it's they're, they're very pretty. You've shown and me And I pictures. have absolutely nothing to do with them. You know what's really going well, though, Andy, is uh, mm -hmm. sunflowers. We, oh. we we put sunflowers in, and these things are huge now, and it's and so much fun. They are so much fun. Because they're on the west side of the house, so... You know, obviously they turn towards the the sun. You know, in the daytime. So I, I love those. They're they're just they're just amazing. I was reading one of the um, trade magazines where um, some of the landscapers that take care of the city of Detroit mm -hmm. used a ton of sunflower as the backdrop to a lot of their perennial and annual gardens this summer. Yeah, and just it's kind of refreshing when you go by and you see something a little different. It gives you some nice height. And uh, sunflowers come in all different, really, all different colors. Yes, yeah. they're yellow and orange, but there is some nice orange and nice red ones, too, at the same time. Yes. So um, really nice. So, All right, Jim, uh, Mr. A, Answer Man, you, uh, you ready? Mm -hmm. So we have a texter, and uh, thanks for texting. Mm -hmm. We appreciate it. I have a clematis that seems to be trying to die. Mm -hmm. Half of it is now all brown, and its flowers production was very low compared to other years. Did the drought doom it? It's been fertilized twice this year with the general fertilizer with the four-letter word help. And <laughs> nobody better to ask help than Andy. So oh, is, it, is it doomed, or can we bring it back? I would say it is not doomed, okay? All right? But maybe a couple things was its demise for the season. Yes, Drought is not what a clematis is after. They actually are thirsty and they are hungry. But I will say that sometimes too much moisture results, or a lot of rain, results in almost the same look, a wilt that goes down into the clematis, and it is called botrytis blight, okay? And it's a wilt that easily can be controlled with a systemic fungicide, with um, uh, copper could be used for it at the same time to be sprayed on it, but... Here's a couple things with clematis. And if you want to start, leave the plant in the ground. 
Okay, the withering portion, go ahead and let's cut that back because we still have time to encourage some fall growth. Cut the wilt back. Grab a little sandwich bag. Scoop a little soil around that clematis. Bring it into Waddell's. Clematis like sweet ground instead of all the other times, everybody. We try to push out sour or acidic ground, clematis and lilac like sweet. So we need that pH to be up for anything to work for it. So we need that to be 6.5 to 7 on a pH scale of 7 being neutral. Number two, general fertilizer, Jim. Not too bad at all. Not saying anything wrong about that. But generic fertilizer like a 12-12-12 is going to give it an even. And it probably won't get the oomph that you want. You're not after leaves on a clematis you're after flower you mentioned you, you use copper and yep. some other things is that something you put in the soil landy or do you use like sticker spreader or spreader sticker whatever it's yep. called do you use that with you it would. you okay. would put that on the foliage itself you'd spray okay. it on yep there's a systemic fungicide that can be drenched a soil drench but you'd want to spray that plant for sure okay so there is a dessert we've talked about this plant, this uh, fertilizer for tomatoes, for hydrangeas, but also for clematis. It's uh, made by Fertilome, nine fifty eight eight. It's very high in your middle number, and it's going to produce bud and flower development, and good stem growth. That could be applied straight to the ground. Could be applied to the foliage that is left on the plant. Please remember, don't spray during the heat of the day. But this weekend should be an ideal time. Next, make sure your clematis is mulched. Cool roots. We talked about companion plants with, with clematis. So maybe you need to plant some plants around the base of that. A lot of times, Jim, they're put out in a mailbox. Um, so they wrap around the mailbox and it's hot and dry at the mailbox. Uh, it's out by the road and maybe some other plants, Shasta daisies, something around that that keep the base cool. And if you can't, mulch the plant with cocoa mulch okay okay cedar cypress hardwoods those are all mulches which are good but they don't bear any nutrient value where cocoa mulch as it rots it um actually adds nitrogen to the ground all right those are my few things with helping on clematis sounds like you you have a couple of things to do number one bring a bag of, Mm -hmm. of dirt in um, and the other thing is you need to go to Waddell's and ask the people in the nursery. I have a clematis. And he said that I should get some companion plants. Show me the way. Yeah. And then you're good. Okay, we have another question. Mm-hmm. And this one has to do with mulching. It was funny you just mentioned mulch. Having to do with mulching a tree that is elevated. Mm-hmm. Okay? So when we come back from the break, we will mm-hmm. ask you that question. And uh, again, we still have a little bit more time. 382-4280-877-382-4280. Or, and we just got another text question in, and uh, we'll ask that one too. Coming up on Over the Garden Fence here on this Saturday morning on 590-1069-FM, WKZO. Keep your gardens full of eye-catching blooms with plants from Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center. Waddell's is where you'll find the largest selection around of annuals, perennials, shrubs, and more. Be sure to take a stroll through the perennial selection where you'll find over 500 varieties of perennials to choose from. Hardy hibiscus are in full bloom. You'll love their huge dinner plate sized flowers. Echinaceas are easy to grow and have long-lasting blooms in several shades of pink, red, orange, yellow, and gold. This week, a wide variety of succulent planters are 25% off. 
Rose bushes are also 25% off, including some easy care choices you'll want to check out, like Easy Elegance Pink and Easy Elegance Red Shrub Roses. Want something for a sunny spot that doesn't get a lot of water? Need some color for a shady area? Some flowers to cut for bouquets? Something that's short for a border? Waddell's has everything a gardener's heart desires. Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center, located on Texas Drive at the corner of Milliman 12th Street. Call 345-1195 for curbside pickup or shop anytime at waddell's.com. WKZO News Time is 9.35 on this Saturday morning with Over the Garden Fence. So we have a couple of questions, Andy. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them has to do with um, mulching a tree. Um, Let me see if I can get this right. My tree is elevated. The grass slopes up to it. Okay. Okay. I have heard you say, don't volcano like mulch mm-hmm. how do i mulch a tree that is elevated, elevated from my lawn you got it all right well number one a lot of times trees have to be elevated because you've, you've got a, a water line that is an issue sometimes the trees grow up and out of the ground too and their crown is above the the mulch level soil level or the lawn level mm-hmm. but we still don't want to bring the mulch on the stem okay just create a barrier around that root structure itself. And if it's elevated, you're actually helping the plant. So at the base of the stem, one inch or less, out at the out at the root line where it is the elevation is going down, it might go to four, five, six inches around the base of the tree. Okay, and that so, way that mulch line could still be um, not up on the stem and not volcanoed up on that trunk. Okay, but, so essentially you're going to put mulch until you start getting the elevation and then you stop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. and and you could make the mulch level. So if it's that much of an incline, um, you could either, the mulch could go downhill and you could put edging, stone, edgers around it, something like that to hold the mulch in place. I do not recommend putting edgers around it or a wall block and filling it with dirt. I was going to ask you, what do you do that's a dirt? demise. I always say I can swim way better with the water below my nose yes, than above my nose. Above nose. I've said it before, guys. <laughs> don't bury your tree. The tree is not going to like it. Okay. The mulch is going to benefit. It's not It's not soil. So yeah. definitely, definitely uh, mulching, definitely on the stem. Think of it as sticking your arm in the water. Okay. okay, after a while, the skin gets all soft. Well, the same with the tree trunk. Leave the mulch away from the trunk. All right, we've got another question. You're going to love this one, but I'm going to take... I'll Yeah, okay. Uh, I need to prune my... That's not it, though. I, I need to prune my crabapple tree. Can I do this soon? That's the question. Okay, and crabapple trees, yes, if this is the only time of the year that you have the opportunity, go ahead. But if you have the t- opportunity to wait right now, Probably in the next month, we're going to have some humid days. Mm-hmm. Fire blight is very active right now. Um, a fire blight is a, uh, it almost gives you a shepherd's hook or a um, shepherd's rod. It actually, new fresh wood on your crab apple allows this fire blight to come in very easy. Hawthorn, crab apple, mountain ash, um, sumac, grow low sumacs. We've seen fire blight really bad at a job site this week with that. And let the hardness or the first frost, Jim, let it freeze, and then go ahead and prune your crab. You're not going to waste any time by holding off just a, another 45 days or so till we get a frost on it. Okay. I knew this was going to come up at some point in time, so I'm glad I get to be the host that does it. Nice. 
Is Andy fielding cannabis growing questions? <laughs> since since recreational marijuana is legal in the state of Michigan, you you have any helpful tips in uh, keeping your pot plants uh, healthy? You know what? I'd I'd rather um, say there's plenty of qualified in Kalamazoo. Mm -hmm. I know there's a number of industry um, stores and advice that you can find online or in some of those stores so we're we're kind of going with our yeah our gardening friends and our landscape friends here and yes there's i'm sure some of the items we're talking about are going to work for that but i think you might want to um go to some of those sources and there you might go be, okay might, that might sounds good for sure and the, the person time. about the crab apple tree says thank you yeah so and again um jim i had a um a wife that was wanting to help prune this week now she had not pruned and did a excellent job. I'm very uh, impressed. At the same time, I was kind of like, ah, don't do it, don't do it. But she pruned up a, a weeping filbert for us and cleaned it up, got all the grapevines out of it and did a great job. So there's a lot that you can do. And the crab apples, I'm just concerned about leaving those open wounds all over the tree. Yeah. Same with apple tree. Uh, okay. we, we'd hold off on fruit trees right now for sure. Now I'm going to, we have about five minutes left. Because I want to go into deer real quick. Stuff. Yeah, and I want to ask this question really mm -hmm. quickly, and you can always ponder it for next week if you'd like mm -hmm. to. Here's the question. With all of the storms and with winter, I know I'm going to get hate mail. What can I check? And we just got a phone call too. Um, when is the best time to prune an oak tree, a maple tree, a uh, weeping, well, you know, that kind of a tree in your yard to ensure that the branches you cut don't fall on your your power lines, your phone line. When is the best time to do that? And where, you know, is there a rule of thumb? Yep. Shade trees right now, no problem. They are done uh, growing a lot, Jim. So definitely could be pruned. Myself is. Go ahead and wait, just like the crab apple. Okay. Another 45 days, 60 days. You're going to see frost. And once that frost hits, trees start turning color. Optimal time to prune. Okay. Okay. Definitely wait, 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 everybody, on the oaks till December mm -hmm. 15th. Just just rule us home. I know if you read up on it, Jim, it will say July, but, but wait. just wait. You, there, you're not going to be any farther ahead by leaving an open wound. So end, okay. end of uh, November, 1st of December, all the way through March, you got plenty of time to prune oaks. All right. Well, let's take a quick phone call here. Let's go out to Shelbyville and talk to Jenny this morning. Good morning. Welcome to Over the Garden Fence. Hey, Jenny. How are you? Well, I've been better. <laughs> I'm sorry. How can I help? Well, it's kind of late now, but I I don't know why I didn't call you sooner, but I don't see any more of them. But I think I probably, I have two raised beds. Uh-oh. Oh, she is. In the ground. Pardon? Oh, could you read and, your question again? Okay. I have two raised beds. Mm -hmm. My question is, I had, I probably have had 30 Tomato worms. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Jenny, we had a um, we had that just a couple weeks ago, and um, you could use your fertilome fruit and vegetable, or you could use your fruit um, again fertilome uh, triple action. That would take care of those tomato worms. And Jenny, I don't think you're. Um, I picked some off our tomatoes the other night. They they are drawn to that plant itself. Now, in the whole scheme of things, 
you got to figure they're eating the foliage, which is opening the plant up. It is not necessarily a hundred percent good for that plant, but they, you know, sometimes you actually need to prune that tomato to open that plant up so you can get that sunshine into that fruit. At the same time, they can be, um, they can really ravage, can't they? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I have not seen any. And um, the only thing I can figure out, these were um, cherry tomato plants, and I planted them close. And that's the only thing. And I've got them kind of close to the, I've got some potatoes on the ground, and the corn's not too far away. Mm-hmm. And I know those are those are not suggested to plant close to. I, I just never, and I've got peppers also in that oh, yeah. raised garden. And the raised, the peppers, um, but I, I see that the, the tomatoes, I see I'm getting some foliage back. Good. But they look like a, a windstorm went through oh. um, and took off all the, the leaves. And yeah, yeah. I've never in my entire life, all my gardening, never had that many. And, again, we had a caller a couple weeks ago. He said he moved, and he thought the tomato worms followed him. And I'm not being <laughs> funny because so many, and some people have none, and a lot of people, and I'm sorry, Jenny, um, that triple action would take care of those immediately. Seven would do okay. the same thing. Um, but I think that triple action is an insecticide, a fungicide, and a miticide all in one, and you can use that up to day of harvest or even 24 hours before you pick, you can spray that on that plant and be safe with that. Good to know. Okay. All right. I'm sorry about the, the tomato worms. Tomato worms, well, but at bl- what it is. Yep. Yeah. Believe it or not, Jenny, you read up on it, and there's a cycle, and then there is little uh, um, wasps that attack that uh, worm and then they go through their cycle and use that worm and then there's a uh, um, just a circle of life that <laughs> ends up killing the Isn't worm. Isn't Mother Nature wonderful? Yep, it is. Well, okay. well, the good news is, sorry, the good news is I've got probably um, 12 or 13 tomato plants in the ground and they're doing beautifully. Good. Oh, nice. It's just, it attacked, it attacked a couple of those, but I was able to get those yeah. off. Get right. those off. Get the new foliage growing. Feed them with that 958.8. You're going to see the rooting and blooming for tomato. It'll do it wonders about getting a good fall crop going. Very cool. Thanks, Jenny. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Have a wonderful Have a day. day. We're at the end, man. Well, Can we wait until next week to talk about deer? You bet. You All bet. Right. Just uh, Some people are having some good luck. And some people are having great luck with some of the products we use and sell. And we'll, we'll talk about that more next week. All sure. right, Andy. Thanks. Well, well let's do it again. Let's thank you, everybody, for all, all right. the calls and uh, all the questions this week. Indeed. All right. Next week, we'll be back right after 9 a.m. with Over the Garden Fence. Thanks for listening today. Brought to you by Waddell's Nursery Floral and Garden Center at the corner of Millam and 12th Street.